Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the sports podcast of the Kansas City Star. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. It's Friday, August the 2nd. On today's show, we turn on the tape recorder at Chiefs training camp to hear what quarterback Patrick Mahomes had to say about a variety of topics, starting, of course, with his new serial, Mahomes Magic Crunch. Later, KU beat writer Gary Bedore and I remember longtime Kansas broadcaster Max Falkenstein, who passed away earlier this week at age 95. The university had no greater ambassador than Falkenstein, and we'll hear some clips of Max. But first, Patrick Mahomes, who met the media on Friday. We talked about taking advantage of the team's speed, Tyree Kill's injury suffered in practice earlier this week, McCole Hardman's progress as a rookie wide receiver, Mahomes' own growth, his impressions of the Chiefs' defense, and more topics. But of course, we first had to know if he had stuck a spoon in Mahomes' magic crunch. I haven't got to taste it just yet, uh, just because it just came into the stores and everything like that. But uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for everything that it's kind of doing, uh, helping out my foundation. And I'm, I know the fans are, are going out and buying it, so I appreciate all of them. I've seen it on Twitter for sure. People are posting pictures of them going to get it, getting several boxes at a time. And uh, I, uh, I'm glad that we have that fan base that will go out there and support me and everything I do and support my foundation and everything that it does. Yeah, I like Frosted Flakes, so I told them to make it as close, uh, close to Frosted Flakes as they could. So they, they did it, and it's a little bit uh, healthier, uh, less sugar, so I'm excited that it's that too. So I'll be able to, be able to eat it a little bit here, here during the season. Saving cereal? Yeah, I mean, it, it is cool. Uh, I'll definitely have a box that I'll keep forever. I mean, whenever you're a little kid and you see the see uh, people on those cereal boxes, it is a, a, a tremendous honor, so I'm excited to be able to have my own. Did you sign any here today? I signed one, okay. so but I did see – I saw several. But, I mean, it, it's cool that people will go out there and, and get that. And like I said, support not only me but my foundation and everything that it, it's going to hopefully do for this community. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're here for is to try to push the ball downfield, uh, especially in this training camp. You want to try to take advantage of those deep shots and, and get that timing down, and I feel like we connected on those today. And uh, we're going to keep working on that, not just Tyreek, but with Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Mika Hardman, all those receivers. We're going to keep trying to push the ball downfield and uh, connect on those deep plays so whenever the season comes, we connect them. Uh, I, I didn't think it was that that bad just from how he got hit. Uh, I knew he probably had like a little bit of a, a stinger because he got hit pretty hard. Breland went for the ball uh, and, and, he, and made a good play. But uh, I, I kind of talked to him as he was kind of walking off the field, and he seemed fine. So I knew, I knew when we got up there it wasn't, it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. It was kind of something that got, kind of got hit, and it kind of stung him a little bit. I think just growing in this offense. Uh, whenever you're in this offense, I mean, you can see it with any rookie, me, me, my first year, or any of these younger guys. I mean, there's a lot put on your plate, and Coach Reed doesn't doesn't kind of baby you into it. He makes sure he gives you everything and throws everything at you. So as he picks up the offense, he kind of understands uh, where he needs to go, where he needs to go on each each route. He's able to recognize coverage based off stuff we're doing, maybe pre-snap or or post-snap. And I think that's stuff that he's picking up with every rep he's getting. And he's not making the same mistake twice. So uh, those are good because you, whenever you get guys like that, that can play at a high speed and, and kind of learn from their mistakes, those guys end up being good players. How much does it seem to help yeah, I mean, definitely seeing a guy that has a, a similar skill set with speed and uh, uh, that compact body and able to go out there and make tough catches. I mean, you when you see a guy that's at the top level of that and then able to see how you have to work to get there, it's definitely something that uh, has impacted him in a, a positive way. No, it's still a great feeling. <laughs> Every time you, you take that shot and you, and you connect, I mean, when, you, when you're playing NFL defenses, that's what they're trying to prevent. And uh, they're, they're, they're doing everything they can to try to prevent those plays. And so you get, you get limited chances. So whenever you take that chance, you want to make sure that you connect on it. How limited is this year? 
Uh, I mean, we got a lot of players. So we know their defense is going to throw a lot of different looks at us. They're going to definitely try to keep us uh, underneath or underneath routes. But that's the, the, the blessing about this team is we got a lot of guys that are good at those too. Yeah, I mean, I think I just, I've just i I've seen more. Uh, I've seen more defenses, seen more different disguises and different stuff. So just, just being able to follow that in the memory bank and pull out of the memory bank. And when I see a defense maybe that we haven't necessarily scouted our defense for, I, that I may have seen it last year and I'm able to know where to go with the ball, whereas last year it was kind of just new to me every single time I saw a new look. Yeah, they, they do a lot of stuff, and it, I, it is hard to read. They've, they get me uh, on a, a good amount of times where it's I think I have them picked up, and they have something that goes off of something they may have done two days earlier. And so I think just having that and just having that, that inbox where they can go and show one blitz one day and then do the exact opposite the other day when it looks the same is something that, uh, that will be hard for other offenses to kind of progress against. Yeah, I mean, I, what we say in this offense is to always stay running. No, there's never a dead route. There's never a, a route that's not a, that doesn't have a chance of getting the ball. And uh, I just I rolled out to the right. I was very off balance. It's probably the ugliest 60-yard pass I've ever thrown in my life, but it got there. So I, I was glad that it just got there, got caught, and he scored the touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely an honor uh, just to be on that list. I mean, there's a lot of great football players in this league. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to try to go out there and be the best football player I can be, and hopefully we can go out there and uh, the, uh, win, a, win a Super Bowl and everybody can keep climbing that list as we go. Yeah, that, that they're just gonna, they're going to keep coming at it every single time. I think that's the biggest thing is no matter if it's a good play or a bad play, they're going to come back with that same energy that they're going to try to go after us every single play. And you have to have that mentality. I mean, same as, as the offense does. If, we, if I throw an interception or if we have a play that doesn't go the right way, that next play we're coming at it trying to get a touchdown that next play. So having that mentality is something that I, I feel like has grown and grown as this camp's gone. Mr. Taylor. Yeah, I think I think the best thing about Coach Reed is, I mean, of course he expects a lot of us. He expects us to be out, go out there and be the best best person that we could be every single day on the football field. But the way he treats us as as people, I think is the, is the best thing. Is he treats us, he gives us respect. He 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 pushes us to be great, but at the same time, cares about us as players and as people. And so that's the biggest thing that I love about Coach Reed. Is there an example you have? Yeah, I mean, just just every day. I mean, you go in that meeting room and, and he's asking and he's he's quizzing you in, in front of the class. He's still joking with you and he's still he's still being uh, not just a coach, but a, a great role model for you to look up to. That was Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I had a Chiefs fan tell me today that Mahomes does everything perfect from his touchdown passes to the way he engages with fans and works with the media. I don't know about perfect, but he's always interesting to listen to. Let's take a short break here and we'll be back after this message. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are going to talk with KU beat writer Gary Bedore about Max Falkenstein, the longtime Kansas broadcaster who passed away earlier this week. But before we chat with Gary, we wanted to find an example of Max's wit and good-natured spirit. This clip isn't during a game, but a timeout when the seat of Max's broadcasting partner, Bob Davis, malfunctioned. Give it a listen. These chairs are really nice, but uh, I think I need a seatbelt. They were nice until a few minutes ago. Going down? Wow. Boy, this tabletop got really high. I couldn't figure out why you were grabbing my arm. I thought maybe I'd said something else. Stupid. It's early, right? Oh, there goes my chair again. <laughs> I'm really glad you're enjoying this. Well, you got to fix So I was walking back from lunch today and through downtown Kansas City, and I passed a building with a mural of Wilt Chamberlain, and it occurred to me that Max Falkenstein knew Wilt Chamberlain, and he knew Gail Sayers, and he knew John Riggins, and he knew Clyde Lavellet, and he knew Jojo White, and Jim Ryan, and Paul Pierce, and Nick Collison, and Kirk Heinrich, and they're just, for a matter of, uh, you know, the, the last, what, um, 80 years of his life, there wasn't anybody at Kansas that Max Falkenstein didn't know, no great athlete. So, Gary Bedore, the Kansas Jayhawks beat writer for the Kansas City Star, is joining me, and we're going to talk about our memories of Max Falkenstein, who passed away earlier this week at, at age 95. Gary, what um, I know it's sort of a general open-ended question, but when, when you think of Max, what do you, what do you think of? Well, like you, I was thinking about stuff about Max today. <laughs> and uh, uh, Think about all the football coaches as well as basketball coaches. He knew all the basketball coaches starting with Fogg, okay, and all those football coaches dating back to Fambro, Budmore, Gottfried, Valiseni, Mangino, Mason. Everybody liked him. Think about having a good relationship in this business. Now, it's a little different for the the electronic guys. They don't have to, you know, bother the coaches like we do sometimes. <laughs> right. But when I think of Max, we all loved him, the media, his fellow media, and he knew all those coaches. Like you said, uh, but it, he truly was the encyclopedia of modern and past KU. Yeah. Because Max knew everybody. He lunched with everybody. Gottfried used to go have pizza with him every Friday. They wanted to be around the guy. He was the guy who had to ask the tough questions after the games first because they didn't let us get to the coaches first. It's the color guy on the radio. And Max did a pretty good job, as you recall. Yeah. Of Getting to the bottom of a game with Roy Williams in the hall. He didn't work with Bill that long, but a couple years. And uh, Max, you know, we can make him out to be uh, a hero, but he was. You know, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. But, the, you know, Kansas fans who listen to games on the radio, they hear, hear Greg Gurley talk to Bill Self before, you know, Bill Self comes and talks to the media and Chris Piper before him. But before Chris, it was – 
It was Max, and Max was doing that for for as long as I can remember. He was. You're right. He was the first. Um, you know, the, the first wave the, of media to talk to coaches after after wins and losses, and in football and basketball as well. I'll, one thing I remember about Max and Gary, you you've been traveling with Kansas for I know you're into four decades of of traveling with the Jayhawks on the road for football and basketball. I can remember on on game days when the Jayhawks were on the road, you'd go into the lobby of the hotel where the team was staying, and there was Max sitting in there with Bob Davis and Doug Vance and Richard Consum, and they'd be drinking coffee and telling stories. And the stories that Max could tell about Kansas athletics. You know, some of the names that I rattled off earlier, but he was an incredible storyteller. And we were lucky because he got to put all this in a book that he wrote, a couple of books that he wrote. But one of them was was Max and the Jayhawks, where it's basically Max's friendship and relationship with with all the great Kansas athletes. And he he did get to see them all. Um, I'll never forget this, Gary, that. This was 25 or 30 years ago. I had written a book about Kansas, and it was one of the years that Max's, one of Max's books had come out. And the bookstore was trying to line up a, a, a signing session for a book signing session for each of us, and they wanted to put us on separate days in the same week. And I said, no, 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 no. You have me sign the same day Max does, so that way we can get a crowd. And Because yeah. I knew everybody would want to come and, and buy Max's book, and I was hoping some of the spillover would – would buy one of mine as well, but that's I, I I just can't imagine a more popular non-athlete figure in the history of of KU sports than Max Falkenstein. Yeah, and and when they retired his jersey, uh, they put it up in the rafters with the players number sixty for his sixty years. There wasn't a lot of negativity about that, you know. He's not a player; he's a broadcaster, and I think everybody loved Max so much that. There wasn't even any outrage, even from the most radical fans or, you know, anybody that thought only players should be up in the south rafters of the field house because uh, Max has a display in the Hall of Fame, too. But, um, you know, that didn't bother me. That didn't <laughs> that didn't bother the columnists, I don't think. No, no. Back then we had, you know, newspapers had a lot more columnists and stuff, <laughs> although – We've got three. Blair's great. Vahe, Sam. Well, so, well, speaking of speaking of retiring, and I, I remember when Max had his had, had his number. I think they put the number sixty up there, right, for sixty yeah. years as, yeah. as as a Kansas broadcaster. Max played a secondary role. He played many many roles, but uh, one of his secondary roles at KU was to be the MC whenever a player's jersey was retired. And I'll never forget the the Wilt Chamberlain jersey retirement. I wasn't at the field house that day, but I I remember watching the game on television. I'm sure you were there. Let's take yeah. a, let's take a moment and hear Max Falkenstein introduce Wilt Chamberlain in 1999 on the occasion of uh, the long-awaited occasion of Wilt Chamberlain returning to Lawrence to have his jersey retired. In his debut as a Jayhawk in 1956, this man scored a school record 52 points and grabbed 31 rebounds. He went on. He went on to establish numerous school records. He earned All-America honors, was named the most outstanding player of the 1957 NCAA tournament. The Big Dipper enjoyed a 14-year career in the NBA. He still holds 56 regular season NBA records. 
This afternoon, this afternoon marks a very special day in the 100-year history of Kansas basketball as we welcome back to Allen Fieldhouse one of the true legends in the history of the game, Wilt Chamberlain. So that was Max Falkenstein introducing Wilt Chamberlain in, in 1999, and he did that with, I don't know, gosh, Kirk Heinrich and Wayne Simeon. You just name the, the, the player whose, whose number hangs from Allen Fieldhouse. Chances are Max was the, the MC on the floor who introduced him. Yeah, Max did that for all those guys. And uh, as you know, there's not a lot of time at halftime. Right. <laughs> so Max uh, read a pretty good listing of all their accomplishments rather than just, you know, hug them or something. But uh, Max was in charge of all that. And then on his day, I'm sure Bob did it. Bob Davis uh, probably introduced him. Yeah. And uh, and everybody, you know, KU fans, the way it's set up, Max is in the front row, but fans can get to him pretty easily so uh they would come up and try to talk to max before the game for get his autograph and he was always as as gracious as he could be even though you know he was busy getting ready for the game so yeah. uh he's lo- i think the fans truly loved him like jesse wrote jesse wrote this week i was going to say i thought jesse newell did a great great job with the story uh, about how a young jesse newell got a got a radio as a present and uh, and listen to KU broadcasts, and, and Max Falkenstein was was with Bob Davis were, were part of the broadcast, and that and it just got me thinking about how people used to consume, you know, their 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 games back in the you know the forties, the fifties, and the sixties before every basketball and football game was televised. You you listened to them on the radio, uh, and that was the you know the Max Falkenstein voice was the one that Kansas basketball and football fans heard for the most part. For uh, for for decades, when that was their, you know, their 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 narrative of Kansas sports was told by Max Falkenstein, and um, and, and that's I, I think that's why he appeals to uh, many generations of Kansas fans, not just you know not just the older ones, but the younger ones as well. He 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 basically withstood the test of time, and uh, and 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 made um, you know he was a he was a broadcaster until gosh what he was you know into his eighties and and broadcasting yeah. KU games. Yeah, two thousand six, and he started KU games in nineteen forty six. So uh, Max could have kept going, uh, but as I believe he was quoted as saying, sixty seemed like a good a good number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, he, he's he been sick off and on the last probably three or four years, but a couple times fairly seriously sick, but he always bounced back. And the last time I saw him about a month ago, I'm trying, I can't remember where it was, but it was somewhere, it wasn't a lunch place or anything, but I ran into Max and he waved and that was he was fine a month ago. So he was sharp enough that uh, he probably could have kept, you know, broadcasting for a few more, several more years, but I'm sure travel would have been tough on him. Right. And stuff that when, when you're over 90 years old, you know, you have idiosyncrasies with your body and things. (laughs) So Max was sharp all the way and, and still till, till this, you know, 
the last week or so when he got ill again uh, was still Max. Yep, and uh, it was not surprising to see the, the sort of the who's who of college basketball weigh in on yeah. on this. Um, I saw Jay Billis and Dick Vitale and John Calipari, and did I see you talk to Roy Williams? Yeah, and Roy was was really interesting. Um, he was speaking at a okay, all judges from every state gathered in North Carolina for some kind of convention, and Roy spoke to them, and Roy said he was finished with the speech when he got my text, and um, he was just shooting the breeze with some judges, and he, and he said, I got to go. He wanted to talk about Max that badly that he uh, bolted out of the, the judge convention. How about that? And, uh, he, he, he said something interesting because I said, are you sad that Roy died? Roy died, that uh, Max died. Roy, by the way, turned 69 today. How about that? It's his birthday. And Roy said, no, I'm not sad. And he said, because his life was so great and Roy had been told that he went peacefully. And I think the 95 years of life is what made a guy like Roy not be sad. You know, right. Max can't live forever, like Jerry Waugh says. Uh, he's he's getting up there too, you know. Jerry told his doctor, "Doctor, it's been great, but we don't need to go into overtime." <laughs> uh, and Max is great buddies with Jerry Waugh, and Max, I'm sure, felt the same thing. Ninety five years is a heck of a run, so no reason to be sad if you're Roy, but just be happy he went on his own terms and and lived such a great life. Right. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on this note. Uh, among the those whose responses and tributes that I saw were uh, Oklahoma State put a tweet out reminding us that the first game Max called was in 1946 between the Jayhawks and the Oklahoma A&M Aggies, Fog Allen against uh, Henry Iba. I think that was an NCAA tournament game. And, and I also talked to fans from Kansas State and Missouri, you know, KU's biggest rivals, and they had nothing but tributes and, and nice things to say about Max Falkenstein. So I think when you can cross those borders – You've you know you've accomplished something, and and Max Falkenstein accomplished plenty in his ninety five years. Yeah, Dean Buckin, the former SID, told me at K State they would walk into the arena when the the students would be in line, and he said as long as you were with Max, they didn't boo, they didn't cuss, they didn't yell at Dean. He said uh, even the K State students who were freezing, standing out there in the winter waiting to get in the arena. Love didn't love you know they liked Max, yeah. <laughs> so respected him because K State of course has had its share of legendary announcers too. Absolutely. Okay, well let's let's leave with a little more sound from Max Falkenstein. He is the he's the narrator on this 1957 highlight film of the NCAA tournament. Gary Bedore, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon on Sportsbeat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. Basketball is king again as the 1957 edition of the Kansas Jayhawkers opens the home season in Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence. Kansas in white uniforms comes up against Northwestern's highly regarded Wildcats from the Big Ten. Working together for the first time are coaches Dick Harp, Jerry Waugh, and Jack Eskridge. 
the fabulous Philadelphia sophomore banks in a bucket off KU's famous out-of-bounds play. Here's Chamberlain cramming a backhand dunk on a looping pass from Lineski. It's a record 52-point night for the Big Dipper his first time out.